Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Last week, we were looking at what doctors Les and Leslie Parrott say are a husband's three most basic needs in a marriage. We looked at number one, to be admired, and we were looking at number two, to have autonomy when our time ran out. We were sharing Leslie talking about how she came to understand these differences. We're picking up her narrative in the middle. Only later in the marriage did I realize what was actually going on. Men and women cope differently with stress. According to John Gray, author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, men, when faced with stress, become increasingly focused and withdrawn, while women become increasingly overwhelmed and emotionally involved. At these times, a man's needs for feeling good are different from a woman's. He feels better by solving problems, while she feels better by talking about problems. Remember, we've said in several of our broadcasts that women handle stress by talking about the cause of their stress so they can figure out how they feel about it. And then, when they know how they feel about it, they can deal with it. Men, on the other hand, withdraw as a way to handle their stress. Well, back to Leslie's narrative. Once I understood this distinction, I was able to meet one of Les's primary needs to be autonomous. It is a universal male need. Whenever a man is under stress, an important deadline is approaching, or he's under pressure at work, he requires a little space. At such times, he becomes absent-minded, unresponsive, absorbed, and preoccupied. Unlike women, men typically don't want to talk about the situation. They don't want to be held or comforted not until they have had time to themselves. She continues, I have learned from experience that if I try too early to disengage less from his problems, I get only a small part of his attention while he continues to mull over whatever is really on his mind. It is as if he is temporarily incapable of giving me the attention I want until he has a moment to adjust his agenda. I now know enough to say, is this a good time to interrupt? And he can say, I need another five minutes, or I'd like to unwind by watching the news first. You see, part of the need for autonomy is the man's need to have time to regroup. Some wives complain because their husbands don't immediately talk about their day when they come home from work. They first want to read the paper, or water the lawn, anything to clear their mind before engaging in the relationship. It's a male thing. But giving your husband space when he needs it, whether you understand it or not, will gain you a happier husband. The idea of giving my husband autonomy was a difficult lesson for me to learn. I instinctively wanted to support him in the way that I would want to be supported. If I were in his shoes, for example, I would want to be asked lots of questions about how I was feeling. I would want to be held and pampered. 
but that's a woman's way, not a man's. Number three, he needs shared activity. In the couples retreats that I do, we spend some time talking about the dynamics of dating and how these change in marriage. When we were dating, we were in the sales and marketing business. We were selling an image we hoped the other person would buy, and they in turn were selling an image they hoped we would buy. One of the areas we did this in was in the area of shared activity. Then after the marriage ceremony, you begin to discover that the things you like to do and the things your spouse likes to do have very little in common. In some relationships, the only thing you both like to do is just going out to dinner once in a while. When this happens, then the wife usually becomes content to let her husband do his own thing. The hurt and bewildered husband wonders why his wife no longer wants to be with him. Author Walter Wangerin Jr. put it this way, Unless you learn to play a duet in the same key, to the same rhythm, a slow process of disengagement will wedge you apart, first secretly, psychologically, and then openly and miserably. One of the great gaps between husbands and wives is in their notions of emotional intimacy. For most women, Intimacy means sharing secrets, talking things over, cuddling, and so on. But a man builds intimacy differently. He connects by doing things together. Remember, men focus on achievement. Working in the garden or going to a movie with his wife gives him a feeling of closeness. Husbands place surprising importance on having their wives as recreational companions. The commercial caricature of men out in the wilderness, cold beer in hand, saying, it doesn't get any better than this, is false. It can get a lot better than that when a wife joins her husband in a shared activity that he enjoys. Leslie continues, Les came home from a speaking engagement in Lake Tahoe. Before he left, he was excited because he was going to fly in a day early and do some skiing on his own time. I was so happy for him. He loves to ski fast, and when we go together, I always feel like I am slowing him down. But when he came home from his trip, I was shocked by his report. Well, the powder was great and the weather was perfect, but it was just not the same as skiing with you. Wow! All this time I thought I was a tag-along, and it turns out that he doesn't really enjoy it without me. She continues, Now I've counseled enough women to know that you might be saying, What do you do if your activities have little in common? The answer? Cultivate your spheres of interest. Don't allow you and your partner to drift apart because you can't find something enjoyable to do together. I have seen too many marriages fizzle because a wife didn't use her creative energies to build enjoyable moments of fun and relaxation with her husband. Make a careful list of recreational interests your husband enjoys. Here are a few to get you started. Antique collecting, any and all sports, camping, canoeing, table games, puzzles, cooking, dancing, hiking, horseback riding, jogging, movie-going, ice-skating, sailing, 
listening to music, swimming, traveling, walking, woodworking, and so on. Your list should be as long as possible. Next, circle those activities that you might find somewhat pleasurable. You can probably find a good half dozen activities that you can enjoy with your husband. Your next task is to schedule these activities into your recreational time together. If you learn to meet your husband's need for recreational companionship, you will discover that you are not only husband and wife, but best friends too. Well, we've only scratched the surface on the many differences between men and women and how they process life. One of the best teachings I have seen on this topic is Mark Gunger's Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. You can find several video excerpts from this study on YouTube. Mark also has a book by the same title, Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. He is insightful and humorous in his presentation. Now I want to shift our attention to this question. Do you know how to fight a good fight? William Shakespeare said, The course of true love never did run smooth. And most of us that have been married very long can say, Amen. Let's face it. Misunderstanding is a natural part of marriage. No matter how deeply a man and woman love each other, they will eventually have conflict or those moments that I call heated fellowship. It is simply unrealistic to expect that both people will always want the same thing at the same time. Conflict in marriage is inevitable. If you aren't married yet, this may not make a lot of sense. But trust me, it will. 37% of newlyweds admit to being more critical about their mates after being married. And 30% report an increase in arguments. Stressed out, dual couple careers today have more to negotiate than ever, and the potential for conflict is at every turn. But for couples who know how to work it out, Conflict can actually lead to a deepening sense of intimacy. The trick is knowing how to argue. The parrots tell us that knowing how to fight fair is critical to your survival as a happy couple. Love itself is not enough to sustain a relationship in the jungle of modern life. Being in love is, in fact, a very poor indicator of which couples will stay married. According to the research, Far more important to the survival of a marriage is how well couples handle disagreements. Many couples don't know how to handle conflict. Some mistake calmness and quiet for marital harmony and go out of their way to smooth over differences without really resolving them. Others, having watched their parents explode at each other, learn the wrong ways of fighting and their arguments quickly degenerate into insults and abuse. We're going to take a look at how to fight fair and reduce your toxic quarrel quotient. We'll start by looking at the common issues that trip up couples. Then we'll highlight the four lethal conflict styles you should stay clear of. Next, we'll look at why fighting can be good for your marriage. And finally, we'll look at what the parrots consider to be the rules for fighting a good fight. So got your boxing gloves on? Then let's get going. So what are the thorny issues that cause couple to battle each other? 
Money? Sex? In-laws? Not always. It generally takes very little for the fur to fly in most marriages. It's the minor, almost embarrassing problems that tear at the fabric of a marriage. The fact that most conflicts erupt over relatively minor issues, however, doesn't diminish the major ones. According to the parrots, it seems there is a universal red alert that sounds in every marriage when certain topics are brought up. Well, our time is gone for today. Once again, I want to encourage you to attend one of the Bible teaching and believing churches here in the Treasure Valley. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.